Kia ora. I'm Isabel McKinnon, public programmer here at the Douse Art Museum. On a rainy morning at the beginning of autumn, in a slightly unpredictable council car, I set out on a leisurely drive through the streets of Nainai with photographer Arns Westra and curator Sian van Dijk. We're here to visit the photographs Arns took of Nainai and its residents between 1988 and 1989 as part of a residency with the Douse. Photographs which have now been produced as billboards and installed in the spots where they were originally taken in an exhibition called Time Capsule, Arns Westra in the Hut. Well, uh, the residency was set up uh, in 1988 and it was a, a collaboration between the Douse Art Museum and Hutt City Council and the idea was to uh, engage a photographer to capture a sense of what the hut was like at that time. And so I believe you, know, you were allowed to, able to wander wherever you wanted, but you actually ended up spending quite a lot of time in Lower Hut Centre and Petoni and Nainai specifically. Yes. Um, when Bob Maysmore took over as director of the Dows, he, he had very different ideas. So he was quite a character, but he his vision was just great. He was very inspiring. You know, the river, how the river shapes the city and, and how people live here. Um, so going back to this residency, of course, they, the pictures were taken on a square image format, which is um, very satisfactory, very peaceful. And I was looking down in the camera through a viewing lens, whereas the uh, taking lens. But it, it only has 12 pictures on a roll. And so often I found, whenever, as I was wondering, that uh, I would have wanted more. The, the, the one after 12 would have been the final picture. But I learned to be a bit more philosophical. If I didn't have a picture, well, I wasn't meant to have it. Mm. I find digital still, yeah, you have too many images to play with. And, and you have to really protect what you want to. Um, film base, you've got to, you've got something tangible. Makes me think that perhaps you would have also been a bit more careful about what you wanted to photograph. You would have had to think quite hard about it. Yeah. You wouldn't want to waste that precious film. <laughs> and I also, um, when you talked about the set of twelve, I, I had sort of forgotten about that, and uh, I just realised that when people go to look at your photos on the National Library website, they always. Uh, in groups of 12, which each one must be a roll of film, right? Yes. Oh, that's um, that's quite interesting. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. But I, I also don't ask permission. Do you mind if I take your picture? What's your name? I, I didn't do any of that. I would just smile and I would interact with them. The, the role is great because you could have it at any height and you could look over the top and smile at people and, and sort of almost ask permission to be there, but um, merge in the background. I mean, they, they would um, react sometimes. Uh, there would be a giggle, we'll be in the paper tomorrow, and I said, no, you won't be this. But 
generally they were just too busy to to keep being annoyed by me. <laughs> the first image we're looking at is taken here on Hillary Court, and it pictures an older man, a woman wrangling a full shopping trolley, and a little girl in bare feet, with the old Nainai Olympic pool in the background. Arms, what do you remember about taking this picture? Yeah, they've been shopping. They, I think he actually has spotted me. The man leaning on the pole, but yeah, I mean, you know, life just carries on. This is a fleeting moment. Um, okay, hello, goodbye, how's the shopping going? Uh, you can get all these ideas from from the pictures, from, yeah, the photograph. If people didn't want me to photograph, they would soon tell me. Go away, you know, what do you, do you think you're doing? Shouldn't you ask permission? You can't just point that camera at people. Well, sorry, but um, we are being photographed all the time for so many reasons and so much these days that they, people aren't aware of that, but they have become quite suspicious. It's a different time now, isn't it? Yeah. Images are everywhere. Uh, all over the internet and uh, but at that time it was more like you say maybe your photo might be in the paper but I mean most of your photographs are actually uh, in negative form aren't they yes yes now I, I could say uh, I, I was working on on the book and um, in this case an exhibition in the museum and and um, People would say, "Oh well, you know, let me know when it when it's on." Or, or <laughs> <laughs> but I I just didn't stand still long enough to gather addresses to, together. And what I now get, of course, is that somebody comes to me and say, "I was that little boy or that little girl in your photograph," and and. I said, oh, you know, yeah. were you happy about it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few of those instances, haven't we, with this project? Uh, Anne's very kindly agreed for us to be able to put the photographs that we hope to use on Facebook a few months before the uh, exhibition opened, and we were hoping that people might be able to help us identify some of the people in the photographs and some of the spaces and share some of their memories just to build on that idea of... Um, that time and uh, the information, the visual information that answered gathered, we wanted to um, build it up with some local knowledge. Um, but how about we go to the next image? I just don't know if the car is on. <laughs> you still don't know the car. Behave yes. yourself, car. Yes. Behave yourself, car. <laughs> so here we are in front of uh, another image which we weren't able to find the names of the people uh, there were a couple of leads on Facebook and uh, but it's a, just such a beautiful image I think of two young men uh, teenagers uh, and the one I just love the way he's sitting he's uh, has such great posture <laughs> and he seems very elegant mm -hmm. and I I was always drawn to this image because I feel like it kind of counteracts the idea of um, what some people might think of teenagers and um, perhaps teenagers in lower socioeconomic areas because 
yeah, they just seem to have a kind of wonderful confidence about them. And from the conversations on Facebook, it, it felt like uh, they, they were good friends and, um, you know, nice young men in the community. I can see the composition, um, but they can't quite see what, what I see. So they're, they're busy, you know, he sees a, somebody he knows further away and might be whistling at him. That's the great thing about this little um, Rolleiflex too. You're actually looking at small images. Um, and I, I often had, um, I had to have a particular picture. Um, I would let the kids also look down in the camera and they would be highly intrigued. Over the years I've photographed many teenagers that seemed to be a, Oh, at times they're being silly, you know, they, they, they fool around, they, they see the camera, they, they pull faces at me, but then I just ignore them. I don't take those sorts of photographs. <laughs> if you stay around long enough, then do they sort of calm down and start to just act normally again and you're able to get the photo that you want? Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> I also think it's a really interesting moment in time because... That used to be, not long before that photo was taken, there used to be a cinema behind there. And at, at that time, uh, the cinema had closed down and it maybe was a time of, the 80s were a time of big economic change in New Zealand. And um, the sort of face of Nine Eye shifted. I was talking to a colleague of mine uh, who grew up here and um, he talked about how at that time, Nine Eye was still quite, uh, there were a lot of different cultures here and then it sort of changed after that and then and now it's kind of opened up again and it's all to do with, with income and the economy and stuff, which I thought was quite interesting. How did you find, I guess, how business was going in Hillary Court? Do you remember at that time? It was a vibrant, integrated community. Um, everything was here. The doctor, the cinema, before it closed. And, and this was very much a mixed but state housing big um an, an area that was still uh, very much sought after for living in uh, highly populated and and the um new amenities were then creating a focus a village focus unfortunately the big swimming pool had to come down yeah, oh, um, life is full of surprises. Um, Aunts, look out the window, we can see somebody checking out your billboard. Ah, Isn't that nice? <laughs> there's, there's a woman in the rain in her yellow raincoat and she's got a yellow shopping bag. Give me the window down. We'll pop the window down so, so that aunts can take a photo. Got rain blowing in. Yes. For art. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next image? Let's do it. Where are we? Where are we? We're on Treadwell Street, just outside the the Treadwell Street Hall and the former Nine Eye Community Hall. And in this billboard, you can see. A lovely young family having a little picnic under a tree 
uh, the tree is still there and the pathway is still there, but very recently the community hall has been knocked down as part of the Nanai Pool redevelopment. So just like the earlier image that we looked at that featured Cliffa Regan and a mother and daughter in front of the Nanai community pool, uh, this one is not only capturing the people of the time, but the architecture of the time that has um, since been removed to make way for new developments. Yeah, and you've got the tree there and, and them sitting in the shade very sensibly, baby allowed to um, play. They're not anxiously worried that, that um, the ground might be dirty. Um, but this scene still happens, especially when when um, might be a hot day, might be a weekend. Um, I can still photograph and still take very similar. I think you're talking about you still take very similar pictures. I think uh, you're capturing something that people do, young families do. And actually another um, story from our social media adventures was that there was a family, the photo can be seen at Coco Pop community pop-up space, a, a big family walking, a, a woman and a bunch of maybe like teens and preteens. And I was talking to the woman on Facebook and I, I was saying, you know, it's such a, a wonderful way to capture our community. I notice particularly uh, uh, where I live in Nainai that um, people are constantly going for evening walks, big family walking, and it's just still something that people do. And, uh, you know, maybe it happens more in some communities than others, but I think that some of the magic of your photographs is that you're able to kind of, you have a feeling for what happens in a community and you're able to capture it. And and it's something that will, is characteristic of that community in a way that so even 30 years later, that kind of thing is still happening. So there'll still be people picnicking under that tree once the um, pool is rebuilt. What I also love about this photo of the family picnicking is if uh, someone was to go and find it on the National Library website, they would see that the role of 12 photos was actually just of this family and uh, you kept captured them throughout, uh, I, I guess, uh, a period of maybe 10 minutes while they were having a picnic. Yeah. And you also see the father uh, very lovingly um, changing his child's nappy and, um, and you know, giving him a cuddle. And you also see uh, the other side of the road. And so you really, it's almost like uh, in today's uh, language, you know, you, your cell phone can make a panoramic mm. picture. And it's almost like you've done that with a series of still shots. But you've actually given us even more than a panoramic can give us. I would hang around <laughs> as, as, as that. Um, there have been instances, there was one in, in Whanganui, I went back um, a few years ago to photograph some more. It, it, there was, it was just before Christmas and there was a, um, a teenage Father Christmas in the mall. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> They were sort of eventually actually almost asking the security guards from the mall to remove me because I was bothering them. And then they found the, 
themselves in the sergeant exhibition and this I was wondering what that what you were doing there. <laughs> <laughs> oh if if people come and say go away they, you know they're getting embarrassed. Um I find something else to photograph. Mm. I, I I can myself get embarrassed if, if they if they tell me off. And sometimes it's valid too. Um that I'm in a business on the Marai, they, they're private places. Um, now we can hide behind their mask. <laughs> I just saw somebody passing with a pink mask on. Um, wouldn't have looked so good if their parents had, had masks. You know, this was just free times, less people, open spaces, different times. Absolutely. Well, shall we head up Arata Street to look at the next two images? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yep. So, uh, where are we now? So, now we're on the corner of Fleet and Arata Street. Uh, and at this corner there is a little section of shops and on the corner used to be the old Foursquare on Narata Street and it is today Siv's Laundry Services. Uh, we had to do a little bit of digging here because to put this billboard up we needed to, it wasn't on council land so we had to find out who owned the building and um, talk to them about the project and talk to the tenants to make sure that they felt okay about us putting this billboard up and they were both very excited about the idea and um, very supportive which was lovely and um, the image that we see is uh, it's actually quite a well-known image of yours Arns because it appears on um, Sweet's website and it was the image that actually sparked the idea for this whole project because uh, David had maybe put it up on Sweet's uh, social media and a local councillor Andy Mitchell he saw the image and he was just so excited that this famous photographer had taken some photos in Nainai that he approached Sweet to ask if there were more. And you know, little did we know that there were actually about 300. <laughs> and uh, Andy Mitchell was telling me about this, um, telling me about this story. And it was so evocative the way that he was describing the photo. And you know, he was very excited about it all. And it got me thinking that how how cool would it be to actually just come and put the photo up here on the corner by the um, old dairy and give people a sense of of that time and uh, to give people um, an idea of the things that you saw uh, and how you kind of saw the oh our community reflected back at us yes well it would have been a bright sunny day you can see by the shadow um, and and the, I was just looking, the fire break is still there, the two fire breaks, so I would have been standing in, sort of probably in the middle of the road. Uh, but there was so few traffic, you can, uh, he was racing down on the skateboard and then would think would have stood for me to photograph him there proudly that he could, he could um, balance on the skateboard. John Turner, he he lived 
he was born sort of in the Hutt Valley and he, he wanted me to photograph the firebreaks that still mark the hills and they're very necessary but I haven't actually been able to get an, a, a good angle from it. But this, this picture shows, it shows it all, the, the green hill, except it's not in color, it is, it's black and white. It is what I still miss, really. Um, black and white identifies photography virtually. If you start bringing in the colors, the colors begin to dominate as the little boy has possibly a headband or something um, shielding his eyes. Um. It's his Hulk rules. A lot of the details in these photographs that jump out to me are the things that kids or teenagers at the time wear. The Rambo thing around the head and the kung fu shoes and the one hand Michael Jackson glove. Those things really speak to 1988. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sets the time. Fashions change. At the Turnbull, they, they come date images very often by the, the age of the cars in them. Because certain cars, you know, they were sort of, let's say, hot at certain times. But, yeah, to me, I fill in the colours automatically. You know, the, the roof here might have been green. Certainly the grass and the plants are green. The fence, fence is gone. Um but the building's still there. Um, but, yeah, with the Roly and that little picture I worked with, it was so easy to get the composition right, to, to get the boy standing, standing there. <laughs> the other two things that I love about this photo is the writing behind the boy, fresh bread, milk, cream, hot pies. <laughs> it's almost like a, like a poem. Hot pies and cream and milk and bread, fresh bread, not not old bread. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, the font of it, and I think that also speaks to the time. And I know that, for instance, when our graphic designer was looking at the photos, he was looking at the different kinds of fonts in the background of the shops to help decide on how he would design the graphic for your exhibition. Yeah. And the other thing that I love about this photo is I was looking at it the other day and that uh, there's a little tree in the background across the road hmm. and it's in that lovely shape and you can st it's still there today yeah yeah <laughs> a cypress is cypress. it a cypress yeah they're quite amazing trees and they, they um if any of the the branches break or hang down at evening it will straighten up again <laughs> It's still there. Yeah. Yes, look, it's grown. <laughs> it's nearly obscured. <laughs> the Beauty. hillside, Beauty. wonderful. Arms, you talked about how you were interested in photographing the fire break, but the way that you went about photographing was to find this boy who set off the fire break in the background. Why is it important for you to capture people? <laughs> Well, I've done also big series on, on landscape, which was an awful lot easier than working with people. Mm. You get all kinds of dynamics. Um, but yeah, no, well, I, I, I grew up, I was born before a war, and then we were overrun by, by Germans. Um, 
after the war, I, the world opened again. And you could travel and you could see people who were different from yourself. I mean, the, the first Chinese restaurant in Holland was just a revelation. My stepfather took me, he was interested in photography, he took me to the Family of Man exhibition when it was in Amsterdam, in, in the, the big church there. And going through, I saw all these beautiful photos um, about about creation, about, about the world. And I came out and I thought, oh, it's all been photographed already. And then I thought, no, this is not the approach I should have. I should think of uh, how can I document my environment, my world, my um, response. A lot of photographers are actually quite shy, and they use that camera as an introduction, as a reason for being there, as an excuse. As I photographed many, many important people, important in that time. I was in the, at Waitangi when Queen Elizabeth arrived for the second time, and I happened to be locked in with her and Philip, and they were looking at the big waka, the, the carving on it. And I was not a paparazzi, I was not particularly listening to what they were saying to each other. But certainly, um, yeah, I, I, I look and I absorb, and I'm trying not to be judgmental. Um, it's my passport to the world, has been. Yeah. Shall <laughs> cool. so we head up the road to the next one? Let's yes. do it. <laughs> Where are we now? Wesley Haven. So it's at the very top of Rata Street. And it's had such a lovely connection with Nai Nai. And it's, it's gone through many iterations. It was a retirement village. And it had a little hospital in it. Now it's becoming more of a social housing. So it's a mixture of retirees and refugees and people who have needed help for a place to stay. It has a lot of lovely extra services, like I started a community arts group, and I think they've opened a little gallery now. There's some midwives that work here, and things like a play group. I come here with my son every Tuesday. It's a, a great community resource, and you would have come all the way up here, you know, away from the centre, really, aunts, and you've captured this really beautiful image of a woman walking down the road and it's still exactly the same really. Recreational, strand, villa, <laughs> there are worse places to live when you get older. <laughs> I think it's beautiful, I'd like to live here. <laughs> very comfortable, very much cared for. Oh, it doesn't take long to become institutionalised. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent time in the the actual um, rest home part when I had broken my upper arm. I wasn't allowed to go home because I needed to be where there was hospital care. And I had about six weeks in this place, being told off for wandering about carrying camera. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember being stuck somewhere, I was watching... 
this hallway and uh, waiting for people to come out and, and then not being able to get up because I couldn't put pressure on my broken arm. And, and I had to call the nurse and she said, ha-ha, I told you off with photographing. <laughs> but I had, I had a lovely room, by the way. Um, the sad thing was we had behind the area we had cage with birds with uh, lorikeets and 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 then the weather changed and the next morning they were all dead frozen yeah so it can it can be cold in these corners so yeah I, 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 re, I relate to the image now still of course see you can turn around here. Okay, we'll just go back to where we came. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. Oh, uh, official city council business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Very much so. You, they can't give you tickets. <laughs> they be ticketing themselves. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I have got many tickets actually from the city council in my own car. Actually, I was paying some last night. <laughs> oh, they're lovely things still. Uh, I miss driving now. I, I thought that ultimately my car would be my mobile wheelchair. It's really the, the wandering that I was doing. Um, and I would get into trouble with traffic officers. And then I would say, well, I was just following my eyes. <laughs> Sorry, but you can't do that. You've got to look at the road. With my car, I would wander. Well, if you do it early in the morning, there's no traffic. Um, you're doing no one any harm. Um, there seems to be a recurring theme of you getting into trouble while taking your photographs. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I got my driving license, they were very much easier in those days. Uh, the instructor, I, no seat belts. I jumped on the brake and he pranked his head against the windscreen. He threw the license at me and said, some people will never learn to drive. <laughs> Well, and then I bought my, my Volkswagen and I, I had to drive it home and I didn't dare take right-hand turns, so I had to wander through <laughs> Calburn. <laughs> it got me in trouble when I wanted to photograph some fishermen at Lake Taupo in this beautiful sunset and I was speeding up to it and then the traffic officer stood next to me and wouldn't let me take my photograph until I produced my license and he he wrote me a hundred fifty dollar ticket but to me the satisfying thing was he was so intrigued with what I was doing he made a mistake in writing out the ticket and it was invalid <laughs> <laughs> oh Deck had a processing lab in Polirua there and I drove in and their nice neighbor they just moving some metal beams and he, he shattered my windscreen. So I had no windscreen and I was driving to get to a friend in Kilburnie and this young traffic officer stopped me. 
and said, oh, you know, I can take you off the road. My immediate response to him was, and you won't do that, will you? I could sometimes be quite clever. <laughs> no, he didn't. But wait for the peak hour traffic to subside. Yes, 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 I will. Thank you. <laughs> the tree is beautiful. Ah, we're just pulling in to the playground on Judd Crescent. Would someone like to describe the photographs here at the playground site? Well, both photos are of the same family. There was a family, uh, a mother with um, three children playing. The role of photographs actually started with them walking down Judd Crescent and then playing at various things on the playground. So one is on, I guess what I would describe as a quite an old-fashioned jungle gym. We've got the things that I remember growing up when I was a little kid. When these photographs were taken, I would have been seven. And I uh, remember these playgrounds with the concrete um, underneath the things that you played on, which would never happen now. Me- metal that's just been painted and, you know, the metal starts to flake off and that kind of thing. But I love the geometry of the jungle gym, especially. It's such an interesting object in itself. And I love the shadows that it casts. And then the, the seesaw. Also, you don't really see seesaws like that anymore. Aren't your composition of catching the seesaws in a crisscross is lovely and how it echoes, it's echoed with the slide in the background. You can see a sculpture in that indeed. Yes, I, I am always intrigued with, with playgrounds. I, I try to capture reality as, as it happens and there's children climbing up and bouncing around and happy. And the photograph says it, the freedom, the um, the beautiful sunlight on them. Nowadays they probably wear hats, so that's <laughs> already a telling detail. People got quite cross when I was photographing. I'm persistent, I hang around, and ultimately also pick up on conversations. There was one series of pictures, which are also in the Dow's collection, taken in the churches around the hut. The Baptist church, we drove past it on, on High Street. I would ask permission before photographing, of course. He was okay, fine, very cooperative. I had photos of him welcoming back um, an elderly parishioner in a wheelchair. And then he got quite aggressive uh, because I had he'd seen me photographing Sunday school. And he thought I would have my camera under the benches and I would take pornographic pictures. This particular man who protested, he'd actually worked at the Dow's as a cleaner. Because I'd said it's for an exhibition at the Dow's Museum. Ultimately, I was allowed to exhibit the key pictures I'd taken there. I said, but I would show them first to the people in the photos and see they were okay with the images. Yeah, that was all right. It was acceptable. The mother with children sort of clinging to her, which is an iconic image also. Her reaction was... You photographed the wrong side of my face. <laughs> and the uh, curator and me, we decided up her. It's the artist's decision, <laughs> which is the stronger picture. Oh, yeah. 
It's also a reflection, I suppose, of the many different faces of photography, really. You're wanting to capture uh, the character and the essence of, of real life, and your idea there was to show what the Sunday school was like uh, and give a real honest recount, but perhaps the uh, Sunday school teacher's um, idea of a photo was sitting for a portrait, you know, and those two very different things. And similarly, the person um, that was concerned about the nature of the kinds of photographs you might take um, had different associations of photography that was possibly more to do with them than um, than you. That's why photography is so interesting because it can do so many different things. And, 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 you know, I suppose the idea of, you know, you're taking a photo, but it's actually just one perspective. I think the power in your photographs is that you use your own perspective, but you're able to capture those images in a way that so many people can relate to, which is beautiful. You know, we talked about Bob Mays more earlier, but uh, I had wanted to add to that that um, it was because of him that we started to build a documentary photography collection and uh, his choices still affect the kinds of um, photographs that we buy for the collection today because we want to kind of uphold that history and that whakapapa of our collecting um, yeah which is part of why we put the photographs online uh, because we still want to uphold the I guess the philosophies of documentary photography and what your photos can do but we also want to think about how we can apply them in this sort of 21st century context where photos are everywhere, finding a way to give agency and a voice to some of the people in the photographs. And in a way, like today, they've sort of become collaborators with you. Being able to identify some of the people has made it really exciting. And yeah, it's a way to think about documentary photography in a new way. So we're very grateful to you for uh, letting us put those photographs online. Yeah, I, I, I so often have surprises now. Um, there's a similar little playground in um, Newtown at the bottom of um, sort of Constable Street, and, and I, I, I approached with a camera the children there, and, and was a bit hesitant. And, and the mother came out and said, "Oh, thank you for all the lovely photos you took here." So. That sort of gives me freedom to to photograph. I've got away with with so many photos, especially in more densely populated countries, um, until somebody hears the click of the shutter and they have the thing about um, I'm capturing their soul. I've also come across that mm. that feeling, mm. uh, and then I had to scarper. <laughs> One of the things about the photographs here on the playground and why I thought we might be able to identify the people in the image, one of the subjects, I think that he is an adult man with dwarfism. Yes, well, the way he's climbing, he could well be a lot older than the five-year-old. I wondered if he could be the father. Mm. Yeah, it could be. But if you treat people with respect, not make them feel awkward. There's no reason why you can't take pictures like that. Um, I'm always drawn in composition, movement, activity, reality. Hmm. So did you actually find out if it was? These people haven't been identified yet, but there's still time. <laughs> people will see the billboards and they will come forward. These pictures... And now, sort of 30 years old, um, nearly, when did I take them? 33 years ago, the same oh. year that I was born. 
Oh goodness. Okay. <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> um, I've had with the family that I photographed and that became the Bosch Day story. Um, I, I walk in there and they called out, Hi, aunts! And uh, uh, I asked them, did they have memories of me 35 years ago? It was when I went back. And they said, Yeah, you always wore jandals. <laughs> <laughs> Just little, little incidents, you know. They, they, and, and the other thing was I was dealing the cards differently. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't always get my picture, of course. There are times when I, when I uh, see something. Uh, in Petoni on the, on the foreshore was a lady who was um, a funny hat on, and she pushed the pram and collected rubbish. Um plastic, plastic bottles, rubbish, and she would somehow get rid of it. She may even have put it in her own garden. I don't know that. But she had this, this bulging head, and and, uh, and then I saw her, it could have been in Nina, somewhere on the street one day. And I, I sort of, I actually was lying in wait for her because I heard that she would visit somebody there and have a cup of tea with them and do her knitting. And uh, they were thinking that that hat that she wore, she had all her money in it. <laughs> the visions, versions of, of what it was about her. And, okay, I was waiting for her, and here she was, and I was running. And I slipped on a, a bit of paving that was um, covered in oil. The, 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 um, and I had my reward. I, I fell on my camera. <laughs> broke Broken arm. <laughs> broken other arm. <laughs> Yeah, so I had to stop, went back to the residency after I was healed. I'm not good at sticking out my, my arms to break my fall. I never knew how rugby players do it, you know. They <laughs> yeah. Yes. The last thing I wanted to say about the playground was when we came to scout locations, we were walking all around the playground here because we, the original idea was actually to place the billboards in the spots where the um, seesaw and the jungle gym were and if you go for a little walk around you can actually see the markings of the concrete so you can actually go and stand in the spots where the photos were taken we decided not to put them up there because this playground is also actually getting another upgrade and it's, it's likely that the upgrade will start before the exhibition finishes so we, we moved the billboards forward so that they can still be up while they um, put in some new gears and things yeah i encourage people to just have a little wander around and see if they can find the exact spots <laughs> okay well should we go to the last two locations we are on nai nai road and we're just um uh, outside the pathway between nai nai road and nai nai school right opposite the resines factory and uh what we wanted to achieve here was to give a sense of people using this space and that's why we've actually put up two billboards 
uh, this one and then the one that's a, just a little bit further down the pathway and they're the same children so it's just to give that sense again of um, and kind of wandering through the space and we're kind of animating the space. So obviously this is uh, winter time yes. by the look of it. I was going to say the same thing um, and it's sort of a proof that you you know spent that time over yes. um, between 1988 and 89 over different seasons it shows your dedication coming back when it was yeah. very hot and then also during cooler times. Yes because now it's all full of leaves leafy and, and here we have this this winter trees. Still, the cardigan seems to be enough. <laughs> well, that's fun, isn't it, to see what they're up to. Oh, I just love to fit in with children playing. I lived in, in for an intermittent period in Holland, in, in suburbia, and, and could just be a child amongst the children, you know, because there are so many more. The population is much more dense. Um, well, they've got a beautiful house. Pe people, but you can see people are busy. He's, he's busy cleaning his car, doing something to the window, and um, they have the space to play. Life used to be very good for children in New Zealand. Nowadays they tend to stick them in front of television and have, have them guarded constantly. Society's changed an awful lot. But that's what documentary photography is all about. It's showing what it was like then, how we could have our big cars. We were lucky and rich enough. But we still made the best of life. Um, little state houses were, were allocated, children had space to play safely. I must admit, um, spending a bit of time wandering around the neighbourhood and going to um, not the playground on uh, Judd Crescent, but further down on Seddon Street where we just drove by, uh, there are always children playing there still. Uh, and um, the you know the children that are maybe um, sort of you know when they hit, once they hit about ten then they'll go without their parents uh, from around the neighbourhood and um, I think that's that's a wonderful thing and again something that you've managed to capture about um, our community that there are still these uh, places for people to go and that idea of of a village and I know that's something that many community groups are trying to foster and you know if we have the markets and Hillary Court and um, but yeah, it's lovely. I think being able to sort of end the tour on this on this beautiful house because, you know, it, it still looks so much the same and it still looks so well cared for. And yeah, we actually Izzy and I were driving by when the bullet had just gone up and the person had come out of their house and they were looking at the photograph and they were realizing what it was. And um, yeah, they were so excited and. I think they were talking to someone on the phone and telling them about it. They were that excited. Yeah, a, a video call. They were holding their phone up and filming the photograph and showing it to someone on the other end. And I thought, um, how perfect for this time capsule show. This photo from 33 years ago being beamed by somebody here in the neighbourhood who lives next door to somebody else who knows where. Yeah. And actually, while we didn't, weren't able to identify any of the children, someone did identify the family that lived in the house, so the owners of the house at the time, which was great too. 
that gives people an identity, a, a place in the world. I would have liked to have been able to, to go back to all the places I photographed and actually give away pictures, give people their, their images back. But I was never quite able to do that, financially, that is. Um, as I was raising my own family also, I, um, I couldn't quite afford all the material. At times, for me, it was whether I buy another film or, and, and, or have food. I've, I could compromise the food. I could, I could pick blackberries. Feed them on anything, but um, film, film was precious. And I've run out. I've run out in foreign countries. I still have images um, that I had no camera on me. It hasn't always been been easy financially, and that's where uh, once I was beginning to get residencies, like this one in particular, being the first one gave you a freedom, a freedom to be an artist, to, to show your own vision, your own style of work. I don't quite believe in this, um, what they teach the students now, just to limit their pictures to tell the story of themselves, because that is so, um, yeah, limiting you. But, these people, they had to trust me that I presented them in in a fair way, that I wasn't exploiting them, that I, I wasn't making fun of them. Yeah, so often they said, you know, you should have asked permission. Well, um, by just being there gently, standing there, possibly in this case in the way of the skateboard that was r racing towards me, I, I felt that I was basically asking permission. I was hoping to be able to go back to Tonga, to Nukualofa, where I, I, I did one of my first uh, school books, but with the latest developments, with all the misery they've had, that wouldn't be fair, possibly, unless I could bring uh, all kinds of things that I needed. That, um, and anyway, I'm, I'm getting a bit old now. <laughs> um, but I'm still photographing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, as is testament on our tour today. But Anne, in terms of you talking about people trusting you, um, there certainly has been such a wonderful response to these uh, photographs. People have felt so proud and so excited. Even um, when I jumped on uh, my emails last night, there was a message in my inbox from that someone from the community had emailed the DAS and they had just said, thank you so much for putting these billboards up in our community as, you know, such a great idea and so, um, so wonderfully received. Yeah, thank you so much for your generosity. You've given such a beautiful gift to this community and I know everybody's very grateful. Thank you for spending the morning with us here in the cab, driving around. Great luxury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for us too. <laughs>